think about that 16 Ryder Cup all the time. All the time. All the time. I think about that 16 Ryder Cup all the time. So uh, I played it for you last time, Kyle, but the good people did just get to hear uh, the the I think about that 2016 Ryder Cup all the time intro because I mean it's it it's basically the only topic of conversation that really gets golf fans going right now and congratulations to Bryson DeChambeau by the way for his <laughs> his win at the Dell Technologies dude you got a Dell dude you've got three wins this season four in the last year or so we will get uh, to DeChambeau in a little bit he was one of the three captain's picks announced. Um, and this one, as we saw Jim Furyk be able to have the press conference, we're recording here on Wednesday. Press conference was on Tuesday. Uh, Phil and Tiger, the the no-brainers from the get-go, right? And then when you add Bryson, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the final pick in a little bit, this one was the biggest no-duh uh, announcement that you could possibly have. No controversy. No, not none at all. I think you can remove the the 2016 part from that clip and just it's just I think about the Ryder Cup all the time because that's <laughs> that's where that's where we're at. I, I it, it's funny. I was just telling you our little golf group chat, our nerdy little you know whatever um, group text is like you if you looked at it from the outside, you would not even know that there are PGA Tour events going on, and that's not. It, it, it kind of stinks because there's actually some really good golf being played by some really uh, fun s- stars and superstars. But I just feel like mentally, it, people have moved on to the Ryder Cup. I, I I think that I think what the PGA Tour did uh, for 2019 and beyond by by reducing the number of playoff events is is really smart because you just get to this time of the year and for players, for media, for everybody involved, it's just like. Oh my gosh! Like you, you have the and and you and it's 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 exacerbated by the fact that you have the quick turnaround after Labor Day, and you're like, God, another tournament already! Like it's just such a, it, it's not it's not a beating because obviously you're watching golf, but it's just it's a grind, and, and uh, I think people are I don't know the the Ryder Cup is incredibly refreshing and different, and uh, I can't wait. It's going to be just fantastic do you attribute that malaise that grind uh and especially with the knowledge of the emotional energy and the physical energy for the american golfers and really you know anybody who's going to be making the the trip overseas is do is is it possible and i was thinking about this on the weekend is it possible that that is contributing to by no means any bad golf but as as Bryson has really been able to uh, to dominate and and sort of seize these first two playoff events, you know, I'm you know we're not seeing uh, a lot of DJ, we're not seeing a lot of Kepka. Justin Thomas isn't at the top of the leaderboard. Do you contribute some of uh, sort of where we are and where we're going as to why we're not seeing some of the the top you know four or five players in the world rankings uh, up at the top of the leaderboard in these events? Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to go back, and it would take forever to do this, and I'm not going to because I, I wouldn't even know where to begin, but to compare the winners of playoff events compared to regular season events in terms of uh, how many uh, like PGA Tour events guys have played in. Like I, In my head, I would think that in the playoffs, the guys that are younger and haven't won as much and haven't played as much are, I, I would think... 
at least a little bit hungrier to win tournaments this time of year. That's not to say that like Rory and DJ and, and Bubba and whoever don't want to win. They do for sure. But somebody like Bryson, who's like, he's got a, he's got a lot to, to prove right now. Right. Like this is, this is, this is the, uh, apparently the budding of a, of what could be a, just a fabulous career. And you saw the same thing with JT last year, Xander last year. Um, you know, Rory won it the year before that. So maybe, maybe it's a stupid, uh, narrative. Maybe that's a, a dumb thesis by me, but I, I do no, think that no, no, would be no, because all right, I think that the Rory 2016 run, um, while the success is not the same, but I, I go back to that season and I think about how that was really about Rory. Cause correct me if I'm wrong, Rory through the majors that year, like it was, it was the late season play that kind of got him primed for the, the Ryder cup. And in that way, I'm thinking about uh, Phil Mickelson and Jordan Spieth, particularly back this weekend at the Dell Technologies. Those were uh, golfers who, uh, you know, unlike some uh, like a Justin Thomas, uh, a Dustin Johnson, a Brooks Kepka, you know, there had been times in their season where the the play wasn't all that great. And for them, that's like, I think that the hunger is still going to be there. Certainly, you know, we even talked about Jordan Spieth had to do a little bit of work to even guarantee that he was going to be in the tour championship. I just think that when the, when the margin for error among world-class golfers is so small as it is in some of these playoff events, there really might be something for, and I think hunger is the right word there. Not that you don't want to win, but that there is going to be an advantage uh, for those players who are able to elevate uh, just to another click because they either need to make the Ryder Cup team, you know, they need to make the cut for the next event, and some of our Kepka DJJTs just aren't in that boat right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, you've you've seen that with Bryson, and I think that he, like, he just, it, it's crazy how. It, it, and I was looking back at, at the um, at the FedEx Cup history. So this is the I think this is the twelfth FedEx Cup playoffs, eleventh or twelfth. There's been eight different instances in which guys have won two of the four playoff events, which seems like that does not that that seems crazy. Like that's a that's a bizarre number given that the eight, fields. Like when you consider the talent of the overall fields, yes. that there would be repeat winners like that is crazy. Yeah, and and it started the first year two guys did it, or it might have been the second year. I think the first year Tiger did it, and then the second year VJ won the first two, and Camilo Villegas won the second two. And you're just like, I I I don't know. It, it's it's every year we seem to to get somebody who gets on this just absolute hot streak uh, and wins multiple events. Rory's done it. Jason Day did it. Billy Horschel. Uh, there, there's been a couple other guys that have that Rory's done it twice. Actually, there's been a couple other guys that have done it as well. But it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think the thing for Bryson, and, and it, again, like I'm not saying that JT doesn't care. I think JT cares a lot. I'm not saying that Rory doesn't care. I think, I think Rory does care about uh, winning events and and prepping for the Ryder Cup. But I, I do think it's also telling that somebody like Ricky Fowler. When he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit out the first event, and then I'm gonna make sure that I'm ready for the Ryder Cup," he didn't say, "I'm going to make sure I'm ready for the Tour Championship." He didn't say, "I'm gonna make sure I'm ready for the start of 
the 2018-19 season, he said, I'm going to make sure I'm ready for the Ryder Cup. I think, I think that that's telling, and I think that a lot of these guys who are uh, kind of at the top of the game, like that's sort of what they're they're building for right now um and again like that's not to take away from any of their desire to win these events but i do think you get different guys that are, are motivated in different ways at this time of year so uh let's let's talk about that so one spot left as again we mentioned and uh i enjoyed listening to the no laying up rider cup recaps and i'd forgotten about the hullabaloo about the task force um, <laughs> the the disintegrating of the task force, but just even the fact that I I either did not know or had forgotten that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are sitting members on the Ryder Cup committee. Uh, probably should have like we we laughed about oh Tiger and Phil are locks, but they they probably wouldn't have even allowed for uh, for them to be left off of this. So here is a. Uh, the two the two different discussion topics I want to hit at. Number one, based on play alone, there is one name that I think is a no-brainer for the final captain's pick. There is a political and a team angle uh, that is bringing another name in. And so I'll ask this. Was the announcement from Furyk that he will name a new vice captain in place of Tiger Woods was that telling to you in a way of how you think uh, the rest of the Ryder Cup team, both vice captains and players, is going to be filled out? Well, did you see that he actually named the vice captains? No. Yeah. So yet on uh, what is today? When I, I guess on Tuesday he named. Not only did he fill Tiger's spot, but he added to the the group. So he added David Duvall. <laughs> As a vice captain, mm. which I, is interesting, mm. um, because Duval works for Golf Channel slash NBC, who is who is broadcasting the event. So I, I'm not totally sure how all that's going to work. I haven't read up on it either, so that's probably I should do that. Uh, Zach Johnson and Matt Kuchar. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So yeah. it's so, so it's done. So Finau going to get it. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's 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 done. I think it's over. Um, and, and if you need, uh, Zach Johnson or Kucher to step in for Fowler, if Fowler's not totally healthy, they're, they've already got their bags packed and their gear picked out. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that would probably go to Kucher, I guess it, it didn't like now, now that we're sort of at the, like toward the end of the playoffs, it doesn't really feel like the Finau Kucher thing was that close, even though it started out the playoffs like that i i don't know finos just finos had 11 rounds in a row in the 60s 11 i mean it yeah sick it's i mean it's it's unbelievable what he's done and I, I don't know what his world ranking is right now but for somebody to play that well and only i mean he hasn't won he's won one event in his career and it's and it was an opposite field event and yet he's just he's just automatic. I mean, he, he is, um, I'm trying to compare him to, to somebody else who's done that. I, I can't think of, you know, Fowler's like that a little bit. He doesn't win a ton, but he's always top five, top 10. And you know, that, that matters. Like that is at the Ryder cup. You don't have to beat 155 guys. You have to beat one or two. 
and uh, I have a lot of confidence that that uh, that Finau can can do that right now. What's your uh, general expectation for? And man, we've got what? Well, shoot, we've still got a whole month to be able to preview it. But I was I was running through my head the. The thing that is so fun about considering a player like Finau is that all it takes is even like an eight-hole heater, and we know that yeah. Tony Finau has eight-hole heaters in him. <laughs> that should be the new open for for the podcast. <laughs> what I know, I know that uh, that Tony Finau has eight-hole heaters. <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see if, if again if he's on the team, which I presume he will be. Uh, just who he gets paired with, you know, because I, I think in a lot of ways he, he sort of replaces Kucher. Kucher was so malleable that he, he was, he could just kind of play with whoever he could play with tiger. He could play with Bubba. He could just, it, it, and that, and that's part of his value. And I think Finau is like that a little bit. He sort of just seems like, yeah, I'll just, just whatever, you know, like just laid back. And I think, I think his pairing is going to be, is going to be fascinating. I, I haven't, really sat down and thought about it a ton. Um, but, but you I will could see, but you oh will. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it, my, I'll, I'll be, I'll be John Nashing it here in a few weeks. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just running through the list. I, I don't, I don't know who he gets paired with. What about, uh, what to do with Tiger Woods? Is that definitely him and Bryson? I think so. I think, I think that that, you know, it, it's it's funny to watch Tiger play with all these guys that he's sort of buds with and hangs out with and plays with. Because you see him with JT, you see him with Jason Day, you see him with um, I'm trying to Fowler even. And the reaction that he had with Bryson on when did they play together? Saturday at at uh, at Boston. So Bryson makes an eagle on 18 to shoot 63 on, or I guess it was on Sunday in round three. And Tiger was like, he was like jacked up. He was it, like, they were high fiving and hugging, and it, it was, it was pretty interesting. Like, I feel like they are, I feel like they just get into their like nerded out, uh, talk about the swing, talk about golf mode, and they just really connect on a level that uh, maybe Tiger doesn't with with some other guys. So I. I I don't know. That just seems like that seems like a really easy uh, pairing. And then maybe I, I think it's going to be interesting though because we saw Ricky JT at the Presidents Cup, which was awesome. I thought they were phenomenal together. But then we've seen Ricky Phil work in the past. I don't know how great I would feel about a Ricky Phil pairing right now. I would feel great about a Ricky JT. So then maybe you go Phil Finau or. Um, I don't know. Break up Brooks and DJ. I, no, it, there's just some. No, there's so many different ways to go. <laughs> no, no. Brooks and DJ stay together. Do you? Would you go like Bubba Fino? Maybe. Yeah. Send send out Bubba and Fino against the two shortest uh, players on the European team. I I actually, in a weird way, I think Bubba Fino could could work. Fino seems like somebody who just. I don't know. Like he just doesn't really seem phased by anything. So whether it's Bubba talking or the fans in Paris being crazy or whatever, it just seems like he'd be like, eh, just, "I'm going to make seven birdies in 14 holes, and we're going to we're going to win." And you know, there you go. He's just he's like, "All right, cool." Um, yeah. What's all right? So as the European squad has come out, 
What's mm. uh, what stood out to you? Well, I hope Rory has done a lot of squat work in the last few weeks because he's going to be carrying the team. Yeah, get some tips from Patrick Reed on how to strengthen the back muscles. Uh, I don't know, man. I was looking at their team, and, and I feel like all year I've thought, man, Europe's going to be loaded too. They're going to be awesome. And then you start you start going through it, and you're like, who's playing well here? Like, Justin Rose is playing well. Yes. Um, Rory's playing kind of well yeah you got i I think you got to consider rory to be i think you have to consider rory to be as dangerous as if he was playing well not like he just won the tour champ or just won the fedex cup but you have to consider him at his peak powers considering it's the Ryder cup it is funny because you we look at rory and it's like okay he finished second at the open and he played pretty well in boston and there was another tournament in there somewhere. Uh, didn't he play well at, uh, and I guess Boston was his first playoff event. It seems like there was another event in there where he played, he played pretty decently. I guess he finished like top 20 or something at PGA. And for anybody else, you'd be, like if that was Alex Noren, we'd be like, man, Alex Noren trending going into the Ryder Cup, playing great. And with Rory, it's like, nah. I don't. Yeah, he's if, playing okay. If that was Thomas Peters, we'd be like, "Oh, US is in trouble. Peters <laughs> got it turned on." <laughs> right? But that. But the, Yeah. But then just going through. So uh, John Rahm, I think he's only got like one top ten in his last five or six events. Francesco's had a great year. Fleetwood's not playing that great. Uh, Terrell Hatton is a loose can is like the ultimate loose cannon he was losing it was it sunday or monday <laughs> it was sunday he was screaming at himself <laughs> uh thorborn and alex noren i think of as guys who have had this is unfair but i just think of them as guys who have had success on the european tour which isn't the same as the pga tour noren's had a pretty good year on the pga tour but then the captain's picks they've had since the u.s open so Casey, Sergio, Poulter, and Stenson, since the U.S. Open, they've combined for two top tens on the PGA Tour. Jeez. Sergio's missed eight of his last 11 cuts on the PGA Tour, including all four majors. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. I get that the Ryder Cup is different. I get that. I, and I think, I think Bjorn, I think he had to pick those guys. Like, I just think that you start looking around and you're like, and, and somebody brought this up on Twitter. I, I, I can't remember who I wish I could, but if you roll like, um, Matthew Fitzpatrick and, uh, I don't know who else was in Eddie Pepperell out against DJ and Kepka. Like, what is the U S team thinking? Like, like, what, like, how's that going to go that's, that's, now? Yeah. They, they might be playing better than Sergio and 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 uh, say Poulter right now, Fitzpatrick and Pepperell. But if you roll Sergio and Poulter out against the U.S. team against uh, Fowler and JT, there's at least a scenario in which because the Ryder Cup it it is different and not it's not just the Ryder Cup it's just match play is different. Like stuff starts getting into your head and it's just, it's just not the same. And so you at least have 
a, a fighting chance if you're rolling Sergio and, and Poulter out there. Porath compared it to uh, when the Lakers signed Carl Malone and Gary Payton that one year. Yes. <laughs> Which is freaking hilarious. And it, it honestly, it might be ugly. Like, it might be really, really bad. But... W- what do you what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to not take Sergio and, and Poulter? I mean, they've earned it's not just that they've earned, but it, it's like you're really gonna you're really gonna like go with Eddie Pepperell and, and Matt Wallace? Like I get it. I get that those guys have been better, but is that is that the play there? I, I just I just don't think it is. Sending out one of these uh young unsuspecting Europeans against the uh the, the team of DJ and Kepka, that's not smart. Uh, making the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement, that's not smart. Uh and letting your friends pick uh, a karaoke song, that's not smart. There's also job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through. That's not smart. There are job sites that make you wait for the right candidates to apply to your job. That's not smart. But you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, educations, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's right. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Again, one more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So as we uh as as we start to to make the cuts and as we uh and as we're starting to to spin forward, uh we will be getting to our dream for some pairings in the future. I promise. Those podcasts are coming. Um what what are we looking for? Out of uh, like, what are the what are the big storylines that you've got um, as we wrap up the FedEx Cup playoffs? Uh, you mean in terms of the rest of the playoffs? Yeah. Well, I I think that so one of the storylines for me this week is is the course is Aronimink at at BM at the BMW. It, it's a it's a course that we haven't seen a ton of, but it's part of that sort of group of Philadelphia courses that's so you know, talked about the cricket club and, and Marion and, and all these different places up there. I, I'm really interested to see that course this week. Um, you know, Bryson's going to be number one going into the, into the uh, tour championship. So I, I think that's, that's obviously a storyline because you think about, I, I just, I don't, I, I get so obsessed with trying to contextualize these guys careers early on. He's still 24 years old. I should probably just chill but right. you look at you look at pedigree like I always go back to pedigree and trajectory and USAM and NCAA in the same year four wins before turning 25 the, these are very short lists and they all include Tiger Woods and so at this point you have to sort of elevate what is expected of Bryson going into next year and, and beyond right yeah I, I just, absolutely I, I think 
I think that that's sort of the biggest revelation from uh, the first couple of weeks of of playoffs. Is not is not even necessarily him winning, <laughs> which by the way he had a, he had a quote. Ryan Labner tweeted this out about he's only hinder like his ceiling is is based on what his biomechanics will allow him to do, <laughs> which is just it's just poppycock. Like it's just it's just I don't, I don't even know if that has any meaning, um, but. The, the expectations of Bryson have been, I mean, he's, he's now in that group of, or he's on the fringe of that group that we talk about of 12 to 14 to whatever, however many guys that, that really matter. And, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be pretty interesting. And then, um, I don't know, just, just to see if, if Kepka or Rory or JT or Spieth is going to is going to turn on the jets at the end here and maybe, maybe when the BMW get into the top five and have a real shot at the FedEx cup. Um, that's sort of what I'll be watching or monitoring or, or whatever going into the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Because doesn't it seem as though Bryson's kind of on a like downhill about to go win the $10 million type situation. Like Bryson's going to end up being the player of the year. Uh, no, I don't think so. You don't? Who's the player of the no. year? Kepka. Two majors? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a wrap. I'm, I'm open to, I'm open to the, the discussion if you want to have it. So that was, so if Bryson totals five wins, including the tour championship and winning the FedEx cup. Yeah, he. I think that's if he goes so four. If, you, if he goes four for four in the playoffs. Yeah, that that might do it, but that, I think that would be the only thing. I, I if you look at the history, of the I think I think of the Bryson year, is more. We talk about the the dozen that matter. I think Bryson is um, more interesting, and and Bryson gets more fanfare than Brooks Kepka does. Not that that should matter, but don't media vote on uh, Player of the Year. Uh, uh, I think players do. Oh, okay. Maybe Kepka. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and if you look at the history of the player of the year, I don't know that anybody's ever won two majors and not taken it. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe there might've been a tiger year where he won one in like seven events and somebody else won two majors like VJ or somebody and tiger still won the player of the year. But I think it'd be really like, you'd have to win like eight or nine times. I think. I think to usurp uh, a U.S. Open and a PGA, to usurp the the value of just strutting your way and burning down to uh, <laughs> to to esteemed homes of golf. That it, it's it, it's such a great call though about Bryson over Kepka. Like I still like okay this this is going to be crazy, but I still am not sure if Kepka is in the the twelve guys that matter. I'm not either. Like and, and of course, like he's it, he is one of the twelve best players in the world. But so much of the twelve guys that matter is based on: Are you interesting? Uh, I mean, first of all, you have to be really good. But it's also: Are you interesting? So Fowler's in there, and Kepka might not be, which is not how their careers have gone, obviously. Right. Which, by the way, Bryson ha- has uh, basically caught Fowler's career already. Yeah. He's- He's uh, 24, 70, 70 PGA Tour events. Mm. 
it took it took uh, Rory fifty PGA Tour events to win four. Took Bryson seventy. Took uh, JT I think seventy four. Spieth seventy five. DJ seventy nine. Uh, took Jason Day like one hundred and sixty five, and it took Fowler like one hundred and eighty. Wow. Yeah. To win to win four times on the PGA Tour. Now some of that, some of that's a little. Like Rory played on the European tour before he came over. That's probably a little unfair. Uh, Bryson was in college for a long, like he stayed longer than most guys in college. So he had more experience coming in. But if you're just going based on PGA Tour starts, he's been right there with JT Spieth and and, uh, just behind Rory in terms of success at that uh, experience level. Wow. But he's still not, but, and, I think that even without this, even without that sort of trajectory, I think that based on the season that he's had, um, and maybe we can take it all the way back to what last year's John Deere, I guess, was his first win, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that we, if we look at the last eighteen months, he's done enough there to supplant a three-time major winner in terms of interest in the dozen that matter. Kepka might be Robert Ory. Wow, no way. But you know why I can't go that far? Because Robert Ory in the Robert Ory won a bunch of rings and you know, big shot Bob, but I I I can't take Kepka and Robert Ory and put them together because Kepka does have something that is like it's not that he does a lot of things really, really well um and is very consistent. Kepka is elite. He he has a skill that is useful in the game of golf that few others on the PGA Tour, few others of his competitors have, and yet the conversation about fan interest, golfers that matter, players that move the needle, um, that I I, I think that the there's got to be another comparison there. Yeah, you, no, you're right. I, I that that was that was a hot take. I shouldn't have said that. I think that the so the comp that I used right after the PGA was John Smoltz. Okay. So it's this guy that in the regular season is is really good. I mean, Kepka, like he's finished top 10 in like his last five events or something. But in the playoffs, he's he's one of the best. And and so it's just whatever whatever it is about flipping the switch in the playoffs – uh, makes those guys better than they are in the regular season, and they're already really good in the regular season. So I, I think that's probably the better comp. Um, Roy Williams, NCAA tournament, uh, NCAA tournament god, but uh, regular seasons, yeah, they're they're good, they're pretty good. But I was it, actually thinking uh, Texas Roy Williams. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't know where you were. I, I thought you were making a reference to the last time Texas had a good wide receiver. Ooh! It only took us thirty <laughs> minutes, and we got into that Big Twelve Smack Talk. <laughs> no, I was saying like Mike Shashevsky's the greatest college basketball coach of all time, but Roy Williams has been a better NCAA tournament coach. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Has more That's Final good. Fours. I don't think he has as many national championships, but his NCAA tournament win more Sweet Sixteens, more Final Fours, and his NCAA tournament winning percentage is better than K's. But K is the, I mean, he's the the goat. He's the the sports all time win leader. Maybe Eli. Ooh, man, Brooks Kepka would hate to hear these Eli Manning, but I think that that's <laughs> it. I think that's it. 
<laughs> Definitely. Now I cannot identify what it is about Eli that is elite that separates him <laughs> from his competitors or his peers. But I don't know. This it's I, I think that the the case the curious case of Brooks Kepka is really fascinating and particularly so because he does not care. Yeah. Like that's the ultimate final icing on the cake for what makes me care even more is knowing that he doesn't that yeah. we, we are talking about like, like I even think about it from the, um, uh, you know, the, the big picture, the way golf and other sports are being covered. You know, we are responding to fan behavior. We are responding to fan interest. We are not taste makers by any means at this in 2018, we are following the data and the insights that dictate what fans really like and Kepka ain't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got stuck on a guy who finished like T12 last week at Boston for, for 10 minutes, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. He was, you know, he was my pick going into the playoffs to win. I really thought that, and I still kind of think that he, he's just, like I feel like he gained a lot of confidence this year. Obviously, who wouldn't by winning two majors, right? But in 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 a way that that ta- that turns it up a notch for him, that to where you can go out and maybe maybe I, I don't know, just win. Like I just it, it sounds absurd, but you like learn. Uh, excuse me, winning uh, begets winning. You know, I, oh, I yeah, really for think sure. that. And I just I thought and and still sort of think that that that's the case for him in the playoffs. But you still got to go do it, you know. Um, you, you still have to go and win a non-major at some point, and he hasn't done that in I don't know three or four years. If you were trying to improve your game but also have a great time, well, there, there's no better place to do it than Top Golf because here at Top Golf we do lessons differently. That's right. Top Golf has certified instructors who not only help you improve your game, they want you to have a great time too. So that means all of the amenities that you love about Top Golf, all the things that you like to do with your friends, well, you can do those same things and you can also do it with a certified instructor who's going to help you get better at golf. So you can sit, you can snack, you can swing, and guess what? You're probably going to be playing better if you're teamed up with Top Golf Coach. So book a lesson today at topgolf.com/lessons. Again, this is a brand new way to approach a golf lesson. It is not boring, it is not frustrating. It is fun and you can be a part of it. Book a lesson today at topgolf.com/lessons. Okay, as we look to the BMW, you have turned in your expert picks. Who's your winner? Uh, well, I'm just going to keep picking Tony Finau until he wins. I'm going to pick Tony Finau to win the Ryder Cup. I'm going to pick Tony Finau to win everything he plays in until it happens. It it's just it seems inevitable. Uh, I, I need to look him up on the on the Sagarin rankings because that that's based on just how many guys you've beaten. He's got to be top three or four. He's been unbelievable over the last few months. Sagarin has uh, golf but, rankings. Yeah, like the same Elo chess method, basically. I think so. Wow, sick! That's deep golf analytics. Oh yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I'll, I'll look it up uh, while we're talking, but um, yeah, I've got okay. So Sagarin golf rankings. This is for this was updated September fifth. So today, Justin Rose is number one. 
he is so this is events played i think it's over the last 52 weeks i think it's over the last year uh he is against the top 50 in the world so that's that's basically events you've played in in which other guys in the top 50 are are in did you did you finish higher than those guys in the event okay he's 456 and 162 wow so he's just smoking top 50 guys Dustin Johnson's number two, Justin Thomas three, Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods number five. Jeez. Uh, this is not encur- This is not an encouraging page if you're a writer, if you're a European Ryder Cup fan. Because it, we go, it's because it's the what, eight at the top ten are on the team. So just so Justin Rose, yay, Justin Rose, European Ryder Cup, and then you go, and then you go, DJ, JT. Kepka, Tiger, Fowler, Finau, DeChambeau. All those guys are on the U.S. Ryder Cup team. And then you go Jason Day, President's Cup. Patrick (laughs) Cantlay, who's not even close to making the U.S. Ryder Cup team. And then we go Francesco Molinari, Rory, Fleetwood, Webb, Paul Casey, Stinson, Emiliano Grillo, Mickelson, ZJ, Spieth is number 20. And that's the thing is like the fact that Spieth is like – Bringing up the rear end of this team is a joke. <laughs> the fact that a general, a generationally great player, perhaps the the one who could end up lapping all of these guys, is bringing well, up that, the rear in this one is crazy. Yeah, that's that's uh, Solly's thing at, at No Line Up. He's like, you okay? So you're taking a U.S. team that won seventeen eleven at Hazeltine. You're getting rid of the HVAC duo of JB Holmes and Ryan Moore. You're getting rid of uh, who else was on that team that's not. Hold on, on this is team. is is the HV, HVAC is not uh, exclusive to anyone? But have you been saying that recently, or was he saying that recently? No, I made that up in sixteen. Okay. Yeah, I, I used uh, it. I used it on the college football podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I, was, I was. Why were you referencing Ryan Moore on the on your college football podcast? No, I was talking about nondescript offensive linemen. Oh, <laughs> I just said that they had a bunch of uh, HVAC repairmen up there, and they were getting beat in the trenches. <laughs> I used I used to say so, the pizza guy because one time Florida's offensive line depth got so bad they were working out walk ons, and Jim McElwain yeah. said that they actually did order pizza and think about getting the pizza guy out there. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So you're That's so good. You're losing. Okay, so you, yeah. So you're losing. I'm looking at it right now. You're losing Jimmy Walker. You're losing. Is this right? You're losing Snedeker. Yeah. Yeah. Snedeker was okay. on 16. Okay. You're losing ZJ, JB Holmes, Ryan Moore, and Matt Kuchar. And you're adding uh, a. Number five ranked in the Sagarin rankings, Tiger Woods, greatest player of all time. You're adding the hottest golfer in the world, Bryson. You're adding Justin Thomas, the who number... wasn't on that 2016 team. <laughs> yeah. You're adding Bubba, and you're adding Webb Simpson. So that team has just, just objectively gotten better, much better. Correct. So I don't even remember why we started talking about this, but... I I I just if I'm a European Ryder Cup fan, Ryder Cup team fan, the only thing I'm holding on to is that it's not being played in the U.S. 
Like, are they going to change the rules and let Justin Rose and Rory play nine matches instead of five? Nope. Like, I, I just, I don't, yeah, the European team might win, but it's going to take a, it's going it, to, I mean, it's, it would be a massive upset. It would be, uh, I mean, it's just not happening. Which means it's probably going to happen. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> No, I'm going to have to change my pick all year. I've been picking the European team because I, I just felt like this convergence of, uh, okay, you got the, you got the last stand for the Sergio, the Rose, the Stenson, and then you've got, uh, the, like the group of Rom and, and Fleetwood and Norin. And now that it's September, I'm like, that doesn't look so good anymore. I, you know? I, I do think that from Rom and Fleetwood, you will get world-class play. And I don't think that it's a guarantee that it will be 1711 and I don't think it's a guarantee that it would at all that it it might uh be even more of a runaway victory but that's that's one of those you know what it is it's one of those games where uh you you're looking at the favorite the favorite's going on the road you know it's going to be tough but you just you're like I don't it's it's going to be nasty it's going to be a rock fight but they're going to figure out a way to get out of there with a win they're too good right now uh, I mean it's like it's like Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma going to play Kansas State which ended up being a touchdown game but there was never one point of that game where I was like no nah, Baker's going to yeah. figure out a way to win this and that's where I'm like the the power at the top is too good like when it it's going to come down to singles and if things are getting tight then in mm. singles the United States is just going to, I mean, they're just going to scoop up like six or seven points somewhere, you know, I can't, I can't wait until sun until the Sunday of the Ryder cup Reed just being out of his mind. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. Who is most likely to win nine and eight. <laughs> it's someone near the back, right? It's, it's going to be somebody who leaves Matthew Fitzpatrick in pieces across leg off Nazional. What if what if uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's not on the team? Oh, okay. What if uh, what if Bryson beats Terrell Hatton like ten and eight, and then he just starts like putting golf balls on the green, and he and he spells out three point one four one five nine like with golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is it is ten and eight is the skunk, right? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. the the Stephen Ames. Okay, it's ten. The and Tiger, eight, not nine. The Tiger Ames, yeah. All right. But you can still you can still win nine and eight. Um, yeah, I d- I don't know, man. I we could get like somebody mentioned getting Tiger Sergio singles, uh, which would be just a joke. Rory Reed rematch would be incredible. There, I, I it's I don't know Spieth and Fleetwood, uh, Fowler and Rom, JT and Rom. I mean, there's just so many combinations that would be so awesome. The ball striking between Rom and Ricky. Would be oh. awesome or Fleetwood and Ricky yeah or Fleetwood and JT oh my gosh you'd have to you'd have to RIP pro tracer it, I mean it would be just filthy it'd be yeah it would be not safe for work it would be it would be crazy it's it's like uh instead of having to air things really late at night because they're a little racy it's a good thing that this is being aired in the morning <laughs> It's like, yeah, well, you know, French TV standards, they are a little bit loose and liberal over there. So uh, we got to air this out, early in the morning before the kids are up. We're outside the, the 
the primetime window. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, listen, I'm I'm so excited. Your your group chat is right. This is this is the most interesting thing in golf right now. And apologies to whoever wins the tour championship and the BMW and the FedEx Cup, but I I cannot stop talking about the Ryder Cup. Well, it's the only sport where your playoffs are like the sixth biggest thing of the year. I mean, you've I mean, already uh, had that's the so simple. Majors. That's a great call. You've already had the four majors. You've had the players, and now you have the Ryder Cup to look forward to. And squeezed in between all those, you have the playoffs, which it, it, which to us as Americans connotates this great, you know, classic event set of games. And then you, it just it just doesn't match up with what we think of as playoffs. And uh, there's not an easy solution for that. I don't know what to do about that, but every year we, we seem to, to go back to it and, and talk about it. Yep. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. I think about Thanks, Chip. Team Ryder Cup all the time. All the time. All the time. I think about that 16 Ryder Cup all the time.